dumbest idea I ever heard. Nobody cares. Like, don't waste your time. And your voiceover guy is going to do it. Like, don't waste your money. Well, I did it anyway. And now it's like the number one thing that people say first is that one thing that they connect with. I didn't get started with that, though. I started with a website to help people pass and examine the architecture industry because I was actually in the architecture industry. I loved it. I was going to do it for the rest of my life. My business model is serve, 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 and your earnings are a byproduct of how well you serve your audience. They put themselves on the line. They, boom, go right headfirst, full speed into that wall, right? And then, like any good crash test dummy does, they report back for everybody else's safety or, or betterment. Hello and welcome to the WordPress Chick Podcast. Brought to you by the WPChick.com. WordPress explained for those of us who get headaches when we hear words like PHP and functions but want to make money with their WordPress sites. No boring code snippets here. Just WordPress happiness made easy. Now, here's your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the WordPress Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. To say I'm excited about this interview would probably be a, a huge understatement. So bear with me if I get a little goofy. And, uh, but I just, I'm going to jump right in because I have Pat Flynn on the show today. Pat, thank you so much for being here. What's up, Kim? Thanks for having me. I'm stoked to be here. Yeah. We're going to talk obviously about your book, which is why I reached out to you. Uh, will it fly? But I've got one sort of random question for you, if you don't mind. I love random questions. Okay. I think the, the little, uh, snippets, the clips that you do about, you know, <laughs> the guy who did this in eighth grade, like, do you just have a monster list of those that you just <laughs> retrieve? You know, it's funny when I started my podcast. So for those of you who haven't listened to my podcast at the beginning of the show, my voiceover guy reads this like a short, fun fact about me, like what Kim had just said. You know, a lot of people know I'm scared of spiders and I was in marching band so on and so forth. Um, at the beginning, it was really easy because I just created this laundry list. And it was like 50 items. And then all of a sudden I got to episode 50. I'm like, holy moly, I got to I got to come up with more. So it's been a little bit more difficult to pull out those fun facts and, and keep them interesting. But uh, so far, so good. We're 200 ep- episodes in. And, um, you know, it's been one of the coolest things because now people come up to me at conferences and they're like, dude, fantasy football. How was it last week? I know you play. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a really cool thing. And it's funny because when I started that doing that or, or when I actually had the idea to do, that, to, to do that, when I started my podcast, I brought that idea to my mentors and people who had podcasts. And they were like, Pat, that's the dumbest idea I ever heard. Nobody cares like don't waste your time and your voiceover guy is going to do it like don't waste your money well i did it anyway and now it's like the number one thing that people say first is that one thing that they connect with yeah it's something i just think it's something you talk about all the time being relatable and you're very transparent and there's just that connection piece that makes people go oh okay he's totally human i dig this right, right. <laughs> and it's so tiny too i mean i know some some podcasts that i i used to listen to that, that i don't anymore because they spend like 10 minutes talking about their cat or something yeah, and you're like a little personal info is great, but nobody wants to know that much. <laughs> right, right. Plus, I'm a dog person. So. Yeah, ditto. <laughs> okay, awesome. So, you know, I, and I probably should have prefaced this, but I'm assuming everybody who listens to this show knows who you are. But for those who don't, can you give us a little bit of your story kind of to bring people up to speed before we jump into the book? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'm in the online business entrepreneurship space and a lot of people know me for my blog, the Smart Passive Income podcast or the Smart Passive Income blog, which then later grew into a YouTube channel and then a, a podcast, which has done really well. And, um, you know, I just share what I do to create new businesses and I share everything that happens along the way, wins, failures. I didn't get started with that, though. I started with an ex- a website to help people pass and examine the architecture industry because I was actually in the architecture industry. I loved it. I was going to do it for the rest of my life until June 17th of 2008 when I was told I was going to be let go. And that's really when everything changed. And although 
that moment in time was at the at that time was one of the toughest parts of my life. Uh, it actually turned out to be one of the best things to ever happen because it introduced me to this world of online business and the fact that you know you could just put things out there, provide value, and, and you get things back in return. And I had started doing that by providing exam information for this really hard exam I took as an architect and packaged package that into an ebook and then later practice exams. And, and it did really well, uh, over $200,000 after a year after monetizing that site. And since then, I've just been sharing as much as I can because you know, a lot of people don't know that this stuff exists or they, they, they hear about it and they go find information and it's all the, you know, red alert scam, snake oil salesman type stuff. And, <laughs> you know, I'm very fortunate to have avoided all that stuff when I first started. And I want to build a platform for people to feel that they can have a trusted advisor that can help them along the way. And that, that's why I do what I do. Do you think, thank you for that. Do you think that I, I kind of jokingly refer to that as sort of old school marketing, you know, enough about me. What do you think about me? And, and I, I sort of feel that that is going by the wayside. I think there's a lot of that out there, but, but for the most part, this, this level of transparency, which you definitely set the, set the tone for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when you did it, it wasn't common, right? For people to share everything that you share. Yeah, and, and by everything that it also includes my income. For the, those of you who don't know me, I have a monthly income report that comes out that shares every dollar, every cent, where it comes from, and then most importantly, the lessons that go into how those dollars happen. And it doesn't always go up. Sometimes things go down, and I talk about why. And yeah, I, th- I think I was one of the first ones to do it. I, I at least to do it consistently. I know some people who have shared income on some things before, but you know, I figured, hey, if 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 I'm going to ask people to invest their time with me, I want to be real and I want to share everything. And so here it is, good or bad. And um, I think that's why people resonate with my message and, and what I do and, and and why they feel like uh, they could they could sort of come to me for, for advice that's not going to be, you know, tainted by some sort of other's purpose behind it. You know, I, I, my business model is serve, 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 and your earnings are a byproduct of how well you serve your audience. That's so awesome, which that totally made me think of that email. So let's let's jump into you have a new book out called Will It Fly? Mm-hmm. And somebody sent you an email um, about just feeling like, you know, the money was there. He had, he had grown his business, but he wasn't happy. Do you get that kind of stuff a lot? I do. I do. I think because a lot of people see not only the business side that I do, but I but I often share uh, trips that I go on with my family and how much my family is important to me, you know, and, and the fact that I'm here at home with my kids all the time and I go with my wife to bring my son to school and pick him up and I go to my daughter's dance class in the middle of the day, like all that sort of stuff. So they see that and they can they can see how happy I am with this life I've built and the way I've shaped my business around the life that I wanted. But then this email that you're talking about is just one example of many that have come in where people come in and they're like, Pat, like I have a successful business owner. You've taught me a lot, but I went up the you know, I'm at the top of a ladder, but I'm not at the top of the right ladder. Like I'm just unfulfilled or I don't feel happy. And I thought that the money would make, bring me this happiness, but it's apparently much more than that. So that's why in this book, the, the first couple chapters, or the first few chapters are really about looking inward at what you want to make sure this idea that you have for your business or the, or the business that you're in aligns with where you want to go, complements your strengths and involves you in a way that you would be happy and motivated to keep moving forward with it. So was that sort of what compelled you? I know you did a post pre-launch about what compelled you to write the book. Was it that type of messaging? What else went into, you know, I read Let It Go Too, which I loved. Um, And was that really what kind of went down this path of, look, I need to give something that's totally broken down and really some a way for somebody to work through validating whether it works? Yeah, I mean, by far the number one question I get is how do I know if this thing I'm thinking of working on is going to work or not? And imagine if, that fear wasn't there, how many cool things would exist? 
if yeah. that you know if if that fear wasn't there so you know i felt it was my job as somebody who knows his superpower which is to take these really complicated things and break them down into easily digestible actionable steps and um, it's very apparent that it, it is that way in the book because it does walk you through the process and not only do i share these exercises with you that help take your idea refine it, define it, and then actually do um, customer research and then validate it to a point where you're actually asking people to pay for it up front before you actually build it, which is uh, pretty cool. But, you know, I do it with you. Like throughout the book, I do these exercises with you because that's how I teach. I teach by leading by example. That's how I teach my kids. That's how I teach uh, my students and, and the world, I guess. So, you know, I'm just, again, putting myself out there so that you can feel more comfortable kind of doing it right after me and learning from my mistakes too. Yeah, I mean, your writing style, Pat, and having listened to you for so long, it's you definitely write the way you speak as well. And so people feel like, oh, okay, I'm doing this with them. And you're, isn't it the uh, crash test dummy of online marketing that you're a little tagline? <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, the funny story about that was when Chase Reeves from Fizzle.co, he was designing <laughs> so my funny. website. He is so funny, his mustache. I mean, anyway, <laughs> um, he, he's hilarious. But he was he was helping to design my website in in the previous iteration of my of my website design. And he just needed a tagline. I didn't have one available. He just off the top of his head and made that up. And he's like, you know, this kind of makes sense for you, but I, we'll replace it. And I'm like, that's actually really good. The crash <laughs> test dummy of online business, because what does a crash dummy do? They put themselves on the line. They boom, go right head first, full speed into that wall. Right. And then like any good crash dump, test dummy does, they report back for everybody else's safety or, or betterment. And I was like, dude, Chase, this is perfect. So uh, that there's that. And then also, it was, it was I thought it was funny that you mentioned that you could hear my voice in this book, which when I started writing it was a huge challenge for me. I started writing this book because I wanted it, or I, I approached writing this book like I was going to be the next Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> and my- No pressure. No, no pressure. But I, he's one of my favorite authors, right? And I love his reading. And I was like, I need to make a book like Malcolm Gladwell because he's my favorite. And so I started to do all this research and I, I would read all these really dense like studies and reports from business schools and psychology magazines and whatnot. And I would write based off of that because I loved how Malcolm Gladwell puts data in behind his stuff. But- I wrote a few chapters and I shared it with a bunch of friends and mastermind group members. And they were like, Pat, this is not you. This does not sound like you at all. You don't do this in your blog. So why would you do this in your book? Just be yourself in your book. And it made things so much better in terms of what finally came out of it. But it also made things much easier because I could I could just continue to be me in my book. It's just a, uh, an expanded version of a blog post, if you will. Yeah, well, the story, and we'll, let's jump into the book about teaching your son how to fold the, aerpl uh, the the airplane, the paper airplane was just great because, it, again, in listening to you, I I could hear your voice when I'm reading, and so so let's talk about the uh, the way you set the book up in terms of lining it with, with flying, and mm -hmm. was the paper airplane story the catalyst for that? You know, the funny thing was, it was not the paper airplane story was. Um, something that I remembered after in a mastermind meeting that was that lasted about an hour and a half. We spent the whole time trying to figure out what the title of my book was going to be because we just didn't know. And I knew what the content was about. I knew it was about validation. I had all these great examples. And in the final minute of that mastermind meeting, one of my good friends, Roderick Russell, he said, well, it's, you know, people launch stuff all the time, but how do you know if after launch you're going to, you're going to fly? Will it fly? And I was like, oh my gosh, that is a, an amazing analogy. And that's exactly what this book is about. It's, it's not just about the launch. It's about, you know, how long can we keep this going? Is it actually going to fly and soar? Uh, and that's where that came from. And then I remember that story with my son. I'm like, that's a perfect way to set up the whole book because 
a, a number of people in my audience know that I'm a family man and to start with a story of my son would be awesome. And I think that'd be something he could look back on in the future and be like, wow, dad included me in the book here. Um, and, and a very cool memory to share. Um, but more than that, it's, it's just a true analogy. You know, in that story, I teach my son how to, how to fold a paper airplane. And when I first told him, he rushed into building his own and he didn't want my instructions. He just saw me do it first and he was very amazed. But then he grabbed a sheet of paper and started folding it and crumpling. And by the end of it, 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 he he had this thing in his hands. It didn't even look like a plane at all. It looked more (laughs) like a boat, honestly. And he threw it and it didn't go anywhere. And he threw it one more time and it just landed like flat on his feet. And he said, I don't like paper airplanes. (laughs) And that's how a lot of people start their businesses, right? They see somebody else doing something awesome. They go through the same motions. Uh, You know, we build the websites, we go through social media, and we do these things that we see other people doing. But then it doesn't work out or we don't get the results we want right away. We just, we just give up. We don't think we're meant for it, but that's not necessarily the case. You just didn't go into it with the right mindset. You didn't have that person to help you guide you with how to fold your wings and engineer your wings the way it's supposed to. It's an awesome analogy. When you were, let me ask you, when you were starting Smart Passive Income and you'd done the lead exam, everything, where, where was that direction for you? I mean, because you, again, like I think you, you showed up in such a genuine way from day one. Um, you know, I, I do think I see a lot of people struggle that I know for myself that as soon as I was like, it came out of a massive Skype frustration conversation. I'm like, that's it. I'm doing things my way. I'm going to talk the way I talk, mm-hmm. but that's when everything got easy too. Right. It, Similar to how when I wrote my book in my voice. Yeah. And all of a sudden you just find like, wow, this is very easy to do. Mind you editing or whatnot. But, but so explain to the listeners sort of the flow of the book and how you work through it with them because the course that you've done with it is phenomenal. And I've got questions on that too, but let the For listeners sure. know what they get with the book. So the course that Kim's talking about, it's a free course. It's, I, I don't upsell anything uh, from, from directly from the book at this point, at least. But the, the book is broken up into five different sections. And the first section is called mission design. And this is where you're actually looking inward and thinking about where you actually want to go. Because like the James email that I got and several other emails, you know, I want to make sure I catch people early and make sure their idea actually aligns with their goals. Because if it doesn't, even if you're successful, then it wouldn't have been worth it. So there's a few exercises in there, thought experiments, really. And I love... I love, love, love thought experiments. Thought experiments are these sort of made up scenarios that you make up to get a true emotion or true feeling out of it. And so the first one, for example, is called the airport test. And it's where you imagine yourself at an airport five years from now and your buddy from school who you just loved but hadn't seen in a while taps you on the shoulder and you kind of get reacquainted and he asks you, well, how's life? And you say, life is amazing. Life is awesome. And he goes, well, why? And then you're supposed to come up with, well, why would life be awesome five years from now? What would make you say that? And to help you through this process, I actually have you do this exercise where you fold a piece of paper into four quadrants. And in each of those quadrants, you title it one of the top four categories of your life that's most important to you. So for me, it's family, professional life, finances, and and health. And within each of those quadrants, you write down bullet point by bullet point, what would make you say that life is awesome five years from now? And this sheet of paper that you create becomes the basis for all the decisions that you need to make from that point forward. And it becomes very clear what your direction should be. And a lot of times entrepreneurs, you know, we ha- we struggle with saying no sometimes. But when you have a sheet of paper, you can really see when you get these opportunities ahead of you, well, does this actually fit into this sheet of mine, my four quadrants of you? And if it doesn't, then it's very clear what the, what the right answer is. So that's the first one. There's a couple other ones in there too. The second part, is one I like to call development lab. And that's very important because our brains do a good job of coming up with all these amazing ideas, but they don't do a good job of putting order to them, creating hierarchy, 
and and really truly understanding what they are until you actually visualize them and write them down and actually mind map them and kind of create order and groups and uh, you know, hierarchies from there. And, 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 and when you do this exercise, you're going to see that the idea actually starts to form itself as you go through these exercises. And then there's a few other exercises in there that can help you refine your idea even more. There's one called the one page, one paragraph, one sentence exercise, which has been so far one of the reader favorites. And that's where you spend time writing a page about this idea that you have, you know, whatever comes to mind about this idea. And then you distill that page down into a single, into a single paragraph and try to do that. And that's, that's kind of difficult, but you're pulling all the best stuff out, right? Mm -hmm. And then you go even further and take that paragraph and turn it into one single sentence. And this is so important. And that's actually the hardest part is because that, that becomes the core of why this idea even matters or what it, what it is. And then you actually go and use that one sentence to talk to other people about your idea and let them poke holes in it, let them show you what could be done better. And that's one of the things that I struggled with when I started coming up with all these brand new ideas. I would keep them secret and I would just kind of want to wait till the big reveal and launch day is a big surprise. <laughs> and because of that, I got in a big trouble a lot. I lost 15 grand trying to build WordPress plugins actually because I didn't ask anybody if they liked the idea. I assumed that they did. And if you assume that they will, you're setting yourself for up, up for a potential failure. You need to know. And so what I did is, is I rushed into it and I hired a developer to develop a WordPress plugin before I even knew fully what the idea was. And can you share a little bit about what it was? Oh gosh, yeah. So <laughs> I mean, this is a WordPress audience, so they're probably kind of curious. <laughs> yeah. So there, it was a uh, it was a plugin to help you build a resource page because my resource page on my website, which lists all of the top tools that I recommend, is the number one most profitable page on my site. So I wanted to have an easy way for people to build that in a way that is visually compelling um, but also makes it easy to track those numbers and that sort of thing and you know the, the, the thing is like it's a good idea I thought and I shared it with others and they're like oh yeah that's a good idea but then when I'm like well would you pay for it they're like no I, I can just it would take five minutes to do on the page <laughs> and I'm like oh my gosh like yeah. why, like if I just spoken to them first before I built the whole thing and spent 15 grand it would have been very easy for me to at least ask them, okay, well, what would make you spend money on something like this? What else would you need in addition to it? And I totally did it in the wrong order. So that that completely failed. Um, but that's the development lab. And then again, talking to other people about your idea is really important. Then there's the flight planning stage. And this is where you start to do your research on your market and your customers. The market research, there's this really cool exercise that I wanna share with everybody that has helped me and helps a lot of people more than anything, really. And this is called what I like to call your market map. And this is where you can really get the map of what's going on in the space that you're in. And you could use this if you're just starting out or even if you already have a business. This is very, very handy. So this market map, you're trying to find the three Ps of your audience. And you create a Google Sheet or an Excel file or a numbers file if you're on Mac or whatever, and you keep track of these things. So the first column will be the first P, and that is the places, all the places that your target audience exists. You list them all out and make them clickable on those Excel sheets so they're very easy to, to get to. Um, but list out all those places, online and offline, where your target audience already exists. The second P are the people, the influencers who already have trust with that particular audience. So list them all out. You can find them on the top accounts on social media. Some of them probably own some of those other websites that you just mentioned or that I, that you just found. Um, so list all the people. And then the last part is list all the products that are already being served to that audience. And that will give you a good gauge on what's already being offered, what the price points are, and when you do this exercise, it's a very easy exercise to do, but it provides a lot of clarity for you in your position that you take within that space. 
you're very it's it's a, it's a lot easier to figure out where it is the holes are and where you can come in and provide something new and that's actually your advantage coming in late to the game a lot of people who start a business now can you know even it's hard to come up with a completely brand new idea right yeah but and and because of that people are like ah oh, that person already did it they probably did it better than me they already have years ahead of me in, in that space well that's actually an advantage to you because you're coming at it from an outside perspective and you you know when you're in a business it's tough to see what it's like on the outside sometimes. So if you're coming into it new, you can find out what the holes are. You can look at the reviews on Amazon for certain things to see what people like and dislike and make sure you incorporate the likes and not the dislikes. And there's so many great things that happen. Plus, this market map becomes an amazing tool that you can use moving forward. For example, all the places that you listed, those are places that you could guest post on. Those are uh, websites that you could target for advertising, so on and so forth. The people, those are influencers who you should be developing a relationship with, who you could JV partner with, who uh, you know you could just connect with in some way. And then the products, those are products that you could become an affiliate for or at least use as a way to gauge the pricing for r- products that are relative that you are going to come out with uh, yourself. So that's the market map. And then there's there's a couple other exercises there too that that can help you discover more about your audience and really what their their problems are. I mean that's the number one thing that you want to find out their problems, but you also want to understand their language that they're using. I think this is something that a lot of people don't really consider or think about. Is you know it's important to know the pains of your audience, but you need to know how they describe them because you could have the solution, you could have the elixir for that pain, but unless you describe it in a way that they know. Uh, what you're talking about or, or or that they know that you know that what they're going through they're they're not going to buy from you or listen to you it was i think it was jay abraham who said uh if you can define the problem better than your target customer they will automatically assume that you have the solution so the language becomes really important and then there's the anecdotes or the stories so i'm giving you another acronym here it's it's pl- the acronym is actually plan p-l-a-n we already talked about p for problems l for language a for anecdotes which are stories it's a way for you to really emotionally connect with your audience in a way that's going to help you better serve them. Because when you hear stories, you remember those stories. We're, we're just emotionally connected to stories as opposed to just facts and, and random things that people might have a problem with. But the, when they're in a particular context, you remember them. And that's why I love this exercise as opposed to just making up a, a, a random person for your customer avatar, which I've always had trouble with because that's just an imaginary person. And I can't ask that person more questions or I can't really feel that person's emotions. But when I read a story or I ask a person, hey, tell me about a time when this was really upsetting to you, I remember that and I feel for that person. I could reach back out to them and actually talk about this potential solution I have that I'm going to test. And then finally, well, there's, there's two more parts. The last part is called All Systems Go. That's kind of just a recap of everything. But, but the main part is, is part four, which is the flight simulator. And this is where you actually put your idea to the test. You actually go out there, get in front of an audience, whether it's your own or somebody else's, and I teach you how to do that in the book. And you actually get a small sample size of that audience and you test out your solution and you actually have to ask them to pay for it up front. And that might sound kind of ludicrous to some of you. Like, why would people pay for anything before it's even built? But actually, we do this all the time. We don't even know it sometimes. Obviously, with events, you pay for an event before you go and knowing what's going to be there and all that stuff. Hmm. But now with Kickstarter and Indiegogo, you know, you're paying for these ideas and these things that haven't even happened yet. You're not even going to get access to it for a while. But because you're early on board, because you'll be able to influence what this product becomes, and because you're going to be an early adopter, which a lot of people love to be the early adopter of things, you're going to get a number of people to pay for it if it is something that is a good solution for them. Now, if not, this is the beauty of this of this of this whole process here. You know, a lot of people traditionally, you know, they'll, they'll spend months, sometimes years, building a business or a product, and they go to the rooftops and they yell like, "Buy my thing!" and then nobody buys it, and they're wondering why. And you're not sure if it's because of the product, maybe because of the 
the rooftop location that you were shouting from or the words that you said or your tone or just that day, you know, you, you have no idea. But when you go through this iterative process, you can tell whether or not something works or not. And if it doesn't, you can go and ask, well, okay, so you, you know, you said you raised your hand, you said, yes, you had this problem and we had this conversation. What about the solution didn't work for you? Because you didn't, you didn't end up paying for it, but I, I want to know why, what, what, what would you need in order for that to happen? And then you're getting the answer straight from your target customer, as opposed to just, again, what most people do is just guess. And, and this takes the guessing out of the equation. So that's, that's the book in a, in a, in a quick minute. <laughs> there is so much in that. Um, you know, in terms of that, like a bunch of stuff came to me with that. <clears throat> but when I, I, I see, a lot of times what happens is that somebody will launch something and it doesn't go the way they want and they just throw it out, right? Or they let it go instead of stepping back. And, you know, as an example, I have recently hired um, a Facebook ad agency. And when you were talking about doing like the target market and, and defining your avatar and whatnot, I've done the same thing where I'm like, well, it's kind of me, I guess. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm making up this this person per se. Now, when I worked with this company, I mean, they did this complete backstory on this person, what her life looks like, you know, her kid, the whole nine yards. And I see a lot of people that don't, one, which your book will help them with, obviously, they don't know where to start with that. But I think that that doesn't quote unquote feel like work. You know, it's like, I'm not supposed to do all this writing and mapping and planning, even though, I mean, you wouldn't take a trip without a map, right? (laughs) True. No, you're absolutely right. It doesn't feel like, like, like it almost feels like you could skip it and it would be okay, even though these are some of the most important exercises. And it's, it's, sometimes it's not sexy, you know, a lot of this stuff, research and whatever, it's, it's not as cool as putting up a website or designing your logo or printing business cards, right? But if you do the business cards and logo on the website first, before (laughs) you create a business, then you, you just, you just. I don't know. You don't have a business. You just have a nice looking website. Yeah. I, I've, I've had a ton of clients with that. I'm like, we need content. We need content. Yeah, right. right. Um, but, you know, but from that perspective of where I was saying, you know, it, there's, there's so many pieces along the way with the process. So as an example, like with a Facebook ad campaign, I'm like, great. Front end's killing it. KPIs is converting. Mm-hmm. Mm, video's not converting, right? So instead of deciding that the entire campaign needs to be thrown out, you go back and it's like, all right, let's iterate step three or step four or see what we're doing. So, you know, is like in terms of, I guess, so you do the validation, you're, you're testing something. And what would you recommend to somebody? It's hard because I'm, I'm going to go ahead and assume a lot of people are like, well, Pat, you have an audience. You've got this great following. You've got a brand. What about somebody who's, who's starting out brand new? I mean, the, the, the book I know walks him through this, but in terms of building that audience and, and connecting with influencers and stuff, a lot of that is really scary. Like what would, you know, where would you direct somebody in that aspect? Yeah, I mean, start small and then one person or one one task at a time, and you have to do these things if if you want to become an entrepreneur and you want to make this change in your life. It's it's something you, you're going to have to do. It's you know everybody else is going to be the same way, and who's going to step up to the plate? Really, that that's that's what it's about. And the more you do it, again, you don't need to to do it all at once. It's just the the more you do it, the better you become at it, and the more comfortable you're going to be. There's a case study in the back where I talk with a woman named. Uh, Jennifer Barcelos, who created and validated a software for yogis or yoga instructors to serve their um, their clients by putting yoga onto a on a website, so to allow their clients to watch the yoga classes online. So she built this software to, to help do that for these companies. And she said that when she was making these phone calls, like she was deathly afraid, like sweating and just like, why am I doing this? 
But then every time the phone calls just started and they have it, they started having these conversations, she got a little bit more comfortable. And then she actually got to a point where after I think she said even 18 calls in, she wanted more. Like she got she got a rush out of it. And she, you know, she trained her brain to see just how amazing this was. So you're going to have to do it. And I mean, we're no longer in the days where we can hide behind, you know, just grabbing an affiliate product and promoting it on on Google AdWords without anybody ever knowing or talking it without anybody ever knowing who you are or never talking to anybody. Like if you want to succeed in today's world, you need to you need to be out there. You need to to develop these relationships. And it doesn't necessarily mean you have to have this super outgoing personality, you know, on the front end of a website or anything like that. But you have to make these connect. You have to, you have to make these connections and want to get to know more about your audience. And the better you can do that, the more you're going to be able to better serve them. I mean, you have to do this for your audience. It's not about you anymore. It's, it's about who it is you're serving. Once you find these problems, I mean, you're doing them a disservice if you put fear in the way of, of you helping them. Absolutely. And when you come back to in the way that you have built your business, serve, serve, serve and providing value, I mean, so many of your posts and I mean, you probably could have turned into courses or paid content, but you didn't. And so just by doing that, an audience is going to build. And I think people, (laughs) I was like, I loved your analogy of, you know, we pay for events before we go. I love using, you know, um, like real life Mm -hmm. analogies of that kind of like, you know, you go in the grocery store and you don't get mad when Safeway has a table of cookies for Easter out. You're not going to get pissed because they're putting something up for sale, right? It's they're offering you this because you're there. So a lot of people get hesitant about selling and there's this like, Ooh, ick factor. But when you're providing and serving them, I, I don't think it's an issue, but a lot of people get let that get in the way. You know, I, I think I'm a great person to speak on that because I, for the longest time, had the, the hardest time selling anything. And, you know, when I started Smart Passive Income, it wasn't even there to generate an income. It was there just to, to help people. And then when I started to have these opportunities to create courses and sell products and coach and all these things, like I just, for the longest time, for the first four years of Smart Passive Income, I just wasn't comfortable doing that. And that's why I didn't launch anything. I just was comfortable and complacent with the affiliate earnings that were coming because it was a win for everybody. And I, and I didn't have to, quote, be aggressive with my audience and ram a promotion down their throat, which you don't have to do that. If you provide a ton of value and you serve them, as long as you give them opportunities to pay you back, they will. Mm-hmm. And the only thing is they have to know they exist. And if you have something like you said can that can really help them, it's your job to put it out there and, and serve them and, and show that show them that it's there. It's your job to email your list a few times to make sure that they actually saw that message because it's there to help them. And and I, a lot of people are uncomfortable with that. And that's something I had to, to get over. And, and just really that came from just experience and learning from others, too. You can kind of baby step your way into most things, right? Mm-hmm. Again, I mean, you went from, like you said, kind of behind the scenes to then podcasting. And I remember when your podcast initially was once a month, right? Yeah, it was well. It, it was supposed to be once every other week, and then like I got lazy with it. You know how like we all do. Life happens, <laughs> right? But the funny thing was when I went to a conference. I think this was in two thousand and eleven or twelve. You know, I had been blogging three times a week still, and I just had included the podcast on top of that. And I considered myself just a blogger, really, with a podcast on the side. But when I went to this event, everybody talked about the podcast. Podcast, podcast. Like I was almost getting sick of it. I was like, "What about my blog?" Like I wrote this. <laughs> I spent four hours writing this amazing list post the other day about whatever. Nobody talks about that. Everybody's talking about the podcast. So I came home and I, I really made a decision to, you know, drop some of the blog content that I was posting every week, and then actually shifting those hours into the podcast. And then I started to go weekly, actually. Um, and now I have this other podcast called Ask Pat, which is five days a week, and it's just, you know, it's it's insane how how much of a difference the 
um, podcast is making my brand and how much of a connection we make as podcasters with our audience. I've always said that I'm like, if somebody's willing to take me with them and listen to them, like they're my ideal audience, right? Like they want to hang out with me kind of. This is, it's, it's, it's the best connector, I think. Um, one of the lines that I absolutely loved in the book too was when we get ideas, they possess us. And you, where you're at now, my guess is like, there's no shortage of ideas for you. Books, you're doing a lot of speaking. Mm -hmm. So for yourself, I mean, do you have a process besides validating an idea? But it's like, okay, this is going in the back burner. I'm just going to save this idea for later. How do you work through your own ideas? I mean, a lot of it is looking at my, my sheet and discovering, you know, which ones are top priority to help me reach my goals and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I do get a lot of ideas and I do just have this backlog of things that I could do, which is very encouraging because if something doesn't work out, I always can see this huge list of other things I could try out, which is really cool. So if you get an idea, you know, write it down, but then it's about prioritization and making sure that you work on one thing at a time. I mean, I go into a quarter with, okay, these are the one or two things max that I want to accomplish this quarter. And so for this quarter of 2016, it was get the book out and then get the audio book out and then on top of that, my team was going to be building a brand new uh, website for Smart Passive Income. So those were, the, I guess, three things, but two of them were really my own work. Um, and that's it. Everything else gets put aside for later when that's important. For now, just the thing that I'm working on, that's all I want to learn about, listen about. You know, there's so much great content out there. It's, 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 it's a kind of a double-edged sword because it's amazing, but then it stops you from taking action. So I have to be very, very um, purposeful with what I listen to, what I read, and how it applies to that next thing I'm working on. And if, if it doesn't, I, I put it aside for later. You know, I categorize it in Evernote. So when the time is right, I go in there, and then it's all there already for me. It's called – somebody coined this. His name is Jeremy Franson from Internet Business Mastery. He coined this kind of learning, uh, just-in-time learning. So learning on stuff that you need to know just right then and there. That's awesome. That's kind of how I approach conferences too and stuff. I'm like, because, you know, time is probably all of our most valuable commodities. So it's like, unless this is relative to exactly what I'm doing on, you know, working on right now, I don't know that I can, Mm -hmm. I want to go do that. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the course because the course is amazing. And so you created this accompanying course that, that is free to go along with the book. So one, what made you decide to create the course? And then I want to talk about what you used to create it because we do have some tech people here. (laughs) Awesome. So, uh, you know, a lot of authors, every author should try to get people to sign up for an email list, right? Get those readers into your email list, especially if you're promoting on Amazon, which Amazon, you know, I I was crossing my fingers that I could get access to the list of buyers, but the the Amazon just doesn't let you know who buys your book. So it's your, your job as the author to give them some incentive to come to your website and download something. And of course, a lead magnet is great for that. A lot of authors give away, you know, free bonus audio, free videos or uh, free PDF files or worksheets or whatever. And I thought that was great. But, you know, I'm always trying to raise the bar. And then I remembered one of my favorite TV shows that my wife and I watch. It's called The Walking Dead (laughs) on AMC, our absolute favorite. We literally go to the conferences and stuff when when they come nearby. (laughs) That's Um, awesome. (laughs) And and before every episode, you hear the voiceover guy say, and go to walkingdeadstorysync.com to get your behind the scenes information and companion viewing, whatever, for this particular episode. So when you do that, you're actually watching the episode on your television, but on your computer, you get these notes and things that come up as the episode's going along that give you some really cool information about what it is you're seeing. 
And it's amazing. And so I was like, what if I did something similar for the reading experience with Will It Fly? So instead of just, here, go download this thing and it's in your inbox, it's like, no, you sign up for this course and you go in and the modules and the lessons are actually divvied up in conjunction or in, in, in the same way that the chapters and the parts are in the book. So you go in there and there's, you know, 19 parts because one for each chapter. And then within each chapter, you get additional content. You get videos that explain some of the things that I could more easily share with you in video that I talk about in the book. And you get all the links that are mentioned in the book, which is by far one of my favorite things about it because one of my pet peeves with books is all the links that are in them. Like I have to, I feel like I have to write them all down or I'm going to miss a bunch or I just, <laughs> totally. I just want, you know, I just want one place where I can get them. And here, here's this course now that I created where if you go into chapter two and you see all the links there, well, they're clickable if you go into the course and access chapter two. Um, also the downloadable worksheets and other bonus material and bonus content too. But of course, from my point of view, you know, I'm, I'm offering a ton of value beyond what people normally get when they read a book. But also I'm getting their email address because in order to sign up for this course, they need to create a username and an email address, which is great. And I was very curious to see how this was going to convert because it's a little more work than just downloading something, right? You have to, there's a username and you go in and you, you log in and all that stuff. Well, currently it's converting at 25%. Nice. <laughs> which is which is huge. I mean, that's a lot more than I expected. I expected 10 at most and, and we're getting up to 25. So that is one out of every four readers is actually sending me their email address, logging in, uh, going through the course. I could see where in the course they're at. If they get to the end of the course, I have it set up so that I can send an email, for example, that says, thank you again for taking the course. Click here to leave a review on Amazon, etc." Like so many cool things can happen. Plus in the future on SPI, you know, my plan is to come out with some paid courses that go along with the, with this book and continue that conversation to help people through the, their their business. Is and, that something people have been asking you for years? Like, oh, we're yeah. in the pay <laughs> for, for years, for years. Yeah. And it's coming. And really, this book is what's setting that up. Awesome. And what's cool is that course or those courses are going to be on the same platform that I built this course on so that people already have their username and login. They just have to one click to get access to that and pay for it. So, um it's really cool. It's really cool. And I'm, I'm using in terms of tools to, to set that up. Uh, teachable.com is the platform, which is a way for you to kind of create your own self-hosted Udemy site um, with multiple courses and uh, things like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Because I was going through that and I had signed up for Kajabi and have looked at different things. And as much as I adore WordPress and can throw something up, there's something nice about having this sort of one place to store everything. And like you said, if somebody buys another course, then it's all right there. No yep. separate logins. It's all right there. Another cool thing is they host the videos on Wistia, which is like the best video hosting platform ever. <laughs> and they do it for you. You host on their hosting account, not your own. So no is, additional Wistia fees. <laughs> no, no additional Wistia fees, which are expensive. I yeah, mean, they are. <laughs> uh, so so that's another cool side benefit. Plus, it's just, it, you know, Anker over there, he's the CEO. He reached out to me a couple of years ago in fin, at, at FinCon, actually. Um, and... You know, we just established this relationship and, you know, I, he'd offered to have me use a platform back then. And I said, no, but I saw this as a perfect opportunity. And, you know, they have a whole team of like 20 people all working on education on this platform only. And it's, it's really encouraging to see them continue to add new features and stuff. Um, so teachable.com and they used to be called uh, Fedora, I think. Yeah. I had signed up for Fedora. Then I was, what is this? Yeah. I was like, what is a, what hats? What? (laughs) It's so funny with the naming of stuff. It's like, I get in my head. I'm like, to be clear or clever. Like it just, (laughs) you got to know your market. Right. right. Um, so what would you recommend to somebody that maybe wants to write a book? I mean, you've done a couple of these now and obviously, you know, it, it does a lot for the brand, 
But, you know, what, what what would you say to somebody who said, I think I want to do something similar for my market and my audience? Well, I would actually validate the idea of the book. <laughs> um, I mean, quite honestly, and, and there's a number of authors that I interviewed that weren't included in the case study section, but I will be including in the bonus section of the course, um, authors who have validated their, their idea for their book before they even wrote it. I mean, this goes, uh, Jay Abraham, I mean, this is by, back before internet days, and I wouldn't recommend doing this today, but he, he did it back then where when he was trying to figure out what book to write, he would actually buy classified ads for different book titles and subtitles and have people place orders for those books. And he would see which ones got the most orders. And that's how he knew that that was the book that he was supposed to write. And he would just refund everybody else and then just reach out to those people and say, hey, I'm, I'm actually still in the middle of writing this book, but I'm going to give it to you for a discount price. And thank you for, you know, whatever. So that's how he knew that those were the books that he was supposed to write. Um, now you can go through the process of, of will it fly and validate your books or, you know, th- there's a, there's a few other ways to do it too. You could potentially write a guest post on somebody else's site, for example, even if you don't have an audience already and test a particular topic, see what the reaction is like and try to collect email addresses from there. If you can't do that, well, then we need to work on that first before you, build, <laughs> you know, you write the book. And again, you could see how this iterative process can be very handy because you're kind of just testing a little bit at a time before you move on to the next step. And so that's that's how I would start. But then really what's going to help is is the mind map mapping exercise. I talk about that in part two of the book where especially for a book, I mean, I mind map this whole book and I mind map I mind map almost everything I do. I mind map the uh, office that I have in my home that I was building and the different parts of it that I wanted. But essentially what happens is I watched your video on that really quick. Nice office. It was awesome. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. the cool thing about mind mapping is that, again, like I said, it's your brain just visualizing all those ideas in your brain. And when you put it out there on your table or on your wall with post-it notes, I recommend using post-it notes, it just is a mess. But then you can start to organize things, right? Clump them here, clump them here. And if you're doing a book, you start to see, oh, this is this is a whole chapter right here. Oh, here's another chapter. Oh, this one should go first, though. And then it starts to just form itself. And then all of a sudden, you have your outline. And then your outline becomes just essentially a whole bunch of blog posts put together. So start with one, the one that you feel most comfortable with, even if it's not the beginning, and just write that out and just kind of get in the flow and get going. I wish I had done this sort of mindset shift of thinking of each individual chapter as a blog post because for a while I didn't. I just, I had uh, the book up and I just saw how much left I had to write and it was just so demotivating. Um, But when I focused on completing one part first, and then moving on to the next, it really made things a lot easier. So that, that's how I would approach writing a book. And did you do the book first and then go in and do the accompanying course? Is that how you map that out? Yes, yes. I actually was up all night before launch night finishing the companion course. And the nice thing about Teachable, it's very easy to use, kind of just plug and play, drag and drop, upload type of thing. Um, but I just, there was no time to get it done beforehand. So I was literally on it till seven in the morning, two hours before the launch party without any sleep. And I was actually quite delirious on that, um, that, that launch party and everybody was making fun of me because I was just kind of, woo. I've not slept. (laughs) (laughs) So how has the book gone? I mean, I know you did it behind the scenes with social media. So what was, how's the book launch been? What, I mean, what was the launch date again of the book? February 1st. So we're exactly a month. Excellent. To it. How's it going? It's going, it's going very well. Um, we sold over 16,000 copies. Wow. Which I'm just, I can't even believe, I mean, that, that's amazing that that many people have this book in their hands and either a Kindle or a, or a paperback version. And the coolest thing, which wasn't even, I wasn't even sure if this was possible, but it made the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. Um, that is awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. As a self-published author, like I did this all myself and with my team, of course. Uh, but, but 
you know, I didn't know that a self-published book could could make that happen. And so it was a very encouraging. I think it encouraged a lot of other authors out there. And, you know, that you don't necessarily need to go down the traditional route because that's kind of a hurdle for a lot of people. They just don't feel like they're going to get the attention of anybody um, in, in that world. So, you know, Wall Street Journal bestseller, which is fantastic and awesome byproduct of this. And I just have to thank my audience and everybody who supported me during that during that first week and, and even now, I mean, just to continue to see all the, I mean, the coolest part is, so a bunch of people pre-ordered it and, you know, the, fir- the la- first couple launch days, people are buying it, saying like, can't wait to read it, can't wait to read it. And then finally on Thursday, I think the first people got their shipments in and I just started seeing this flood of Instagram uh, photos and photos on Twitter of people like unboxing it and reading it and just to see it in their hands, like in their homes, open, highlighted. Oh, gosh, it's just like the coolest feeling in the world. Like I just, I did that. You did? Thank you. No, no, I mean, no, I'm saying for you, like, hey, oh, I did that. Well, no, but I have to tell you that I bought it twice now because I bought the Kindle. And then I'm like, I have to write in this. I have to get the I have to actually get the physical book. So. Thank you. Yeah. And it's a big book, too. Like I, I was kind of surprised at the end of how thick it was because it's, it's 341 pages. And most of the business books you see nowadays are, you know, anywhere between 180 and 220. So I was really happy to see it uh, kind of thicker than I thought it was going to be. So how long from, you know, idea to to launch? What was, how long did it take you to do this? Honestly, exactly, almost exactly a year. Because um, if you remember on SPI TV, episode one, which came out in February of 2015, that was an episode about how to create a quick first draft. And that was an exercise not only for everybody else, but it was for me because that's when I was starting the process. So um, and then in that video, you could see me using post-it notes and, and going through the process. But that's when it started and it took about a year, which I feel like if I know if I knew what I knew now, uh, it would be done in half the time. But that's how it always is, right? <laughs> well, of course. Well, I'm guessing like with some of these processes that you write about in the book, I mean, were those evolving and coming together as you were writing? Yeah. As I was writing, yeah. as I was researching and talking to people, I mean, I knew the, like it all started with the framework and then filling in the pieces and then getting into the nitty gritty details and case studies. Uh, it, it was really kind of an organic process and very difficult. It was one of the biggest challenges I've ever had. But to see it, like I said, in people's hands now and to see the rankings on Amazon and, you know, it climbed all the way up to top 22 overall on Amazon, which is I'm just I can't believe it. Like I was beyond, you know, Dale Carnegie's books and just some of my heroes and there I was with my book there too is is it was an amazing feeling I'm just I I still can't believe it's done (laughs) (laughs) it's been such a huge part of your life no doubt for the the last year um okay well so you do a lot of speaking and you're out and about you've got a new website what's what's on the horizon this year for you so this year uh definitely some family time in come mid-year to kind of take a break a little bit I think that's really important that for everybody really you know I worked really hard in the beginning of this uh, year the end of last year so we're gonna take some time off and, and hang out as a family after the audiobook is done and after the website's up so we're, we'll be going on a Disney cruise and doing all this cool stuff together I have two young kids um, even though if we didn't We'd You'd still go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My wife and I are, love Disney stuff. But um, so so that's important. But then later in the second half of the year, you'll see some potential courses coming out that will be paid courses and kind of getting into more of my own products. I think that's the big shift that's happening over the past year and a half with me. And that is switching from sort of affiliate based model to, you know, sharing other people's stuff to now being confident in recommending my own. And I'm, I'm really excited about that. It's going to it's gonna provide a lot of opportunities for 
me to grow and expand even more. But not only that, I mean, I'm going to do a lot more philanthropic stuff. I mean, last year I built a couple schools in Ghana with the help of my audience in Ghana, Africa, went to Africa and that was life changing. And I want to do more of that. Um, and kind of five year plan. I want to have my own organization to help with kids also, but in a different way here in the States to help them learn entrepreneurship in, in some way, shape or form. Uh, so my son, he's kind of of age now of where he's really thinking about, you know, stuff that daddy does. Right. And I want to show him (laughs) that, you know, entrepreneurship is cool and how to think like that. And he's already possessing a lot of those qualities. I mean, he's always looking for solutions to different problems. He's, he's starting to learn that failure is an option and and that's okay. As long as you keep going and trying to figure out a new approach. Um, and I, and I think that's something everybody could learn, uh, not, not everybody, but especially kids and, you know, with how quickly things are moving, I, I, I want to move on that pretty quickly. That is awesome. Well, you know, having my kids are 19 and 15 and my daughter is in college and has zero intentions of ever getting a job. Um, she's a film student and does a lot of stuff for me. Oh, and awesome. yeah, but I think that what, what's so uh, just powerful about that is that, you know, this generation and younger, your kids are pretty little, is their their world is so different and there are so many opportunities at their fingertips that they see, well, I could publish a book. And I think simply the way you live your life and how you've modeled it is has been such um, just a huge example. Your kids already get it and they're little. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, so Pat, this has been so awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, so the book is available for sale in a few different places. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, if you go to willitflybook.com, that's, that's probably the best place you can go. Okay. And I will have all the links. I just, it was such a joy talking to you, Pat. Thank you so much. You've been a huge inspiration to me and I'm sure most of my audience. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I appreciate you. All right, you guys. So I cannot begin to tell you how awesome that was for me. Literally, Pat's the reason I started my podcast. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, As always, thank you so much for listening. And just go to willitflybook.com and you can grab a copy of Pat's book. And because I love doing this, the first five people to comment on the site, I will send you a book. Um, I will just ship it directly from Amazon to you. So go ahead and go to willitflybook.com or leave a comment on the site. Uh, yeah, pretty awesome. I just I hope you took notes too because my brain was spinning. As always, guys, thanks so much for listening. Have an awesome day.